next talk is by Chuck C. of the Beverly Hills, California group and was recorded at the Tudor Group of Alcoholics Anonymous in the city of New York, April the 26, 1953. Chuck that year was the delegate to the General Services Conference held here. Chuck C. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am an alcoholic. Any resemblance that I might have to a human being is directly due to the efficacy of the principles in this book of ours right here. <laughs> I rather enjoy saying I am an alcoholic. I don't like to think of it in terms of I used to be an alcoholic. Or that I am a cured alcoholic. Or that I've been healed or something like that. I like to say I am an alcoholic because when I say it, I am very forcibly reminded of the terrific failure I made when I was running my own life. I not only failed in the business of drinking, but I failed in the business of living. All, all the partners, the business of living. And when I am reminded of that, what I did with my life, it's not very difficult for me to be humble. And when I think of the terrific change that has come to pass in my life in the last several years, the change that has been wrought in my life, it's not very difficult for me to be grateful. And I think that's a rather good team, humility and gratitude. I heard an old boy in our staff meeting in Beverly Hills not long ago make this little observation. He said, did you ever think of this fact, that it is totally and completely impossible for us to be grateful and unhappy at the same time. Oh, I thought that was terrific. I spent much time thinking about it and, uh, since I heard it. And I've come to believe that uh, that's correct. It's impossible for us to be grateful and unhappy 
talk with me really about this problem, and uh, he was a great friend of mine. I've been in touch with him, known him for a long time, and he has talked to me a great deal about uh, standing up and being a bad man. He uh, talked considerably about my backbone. He has a very descriptive adjectives that he used in describing my backbone. He didn't think very much of it. <laughs> he talked about willpower. And of course, I didn't think there was anything wrong with my backbone. I didn't think there was anything wrong with my willpower. I didn't have any trouble getting a drink. I could get a drink in Kansas on election day. My sister just talked a little about this thing, too, and I get the greatest kick out of this anymore. I could have a Western Jingle for fair. I could really be jumping. And he uh, maybe would talk to me a little about this thing. And I could look at my straight in the eye and kick it. I said, well, now what the hell does he know about alcohol? He never had to drink his life.
have enough left to get this thing, that I knew that I needed it and wanted it more than likely. So I started spending meetings every night of the week. Every night of the week I was in a meeting. Shaking, sweating, freezing, jumping. Picking up two or three little things and taking them home with me. Thinking about them all the rest of the night because I wasn't sleeping well in most days for some reason. And the next night at another meeting and getting a couple of other things. And after a few weeks, I was going early to help them put the chairs around and waiting to help pick up the ashtrays and the coffee cups because I wanted so much to feel that I was a part of this thing. And then somebody, some stranger said to me, uh, how you doing? And gave me a little encouragement. I had cried though, because here was a stranger interested in my well-being when those who knew me wouldn't even talk to me. And he did things to me inside. And when I was able to hold a coffee cup after a meeting without spilling it all down my front, I'd get a cup of coffee and pick out somebody that seemed to be talking pretty good AA and back up to them. And get up close enough that I could sip a little coffee and eavesdrop on them. And when they'd spot me, I'd take on off and find somebody else and eavesdrop a little more because I wanted this thing so bad. And after six months of this, I woke up to the fact that it was so Woke up to the fact that I had been sober all the time, passed through a few periods when ordinarily I would have been sober, and I hadn't been drunk at all. It was the happiest awakening in my life. 
To me, this is the most fascinating thing that has ever happened to him. I had all the problems I believe that a man can have when he comes to me. After 20 years, Mrs. C., my good wife, who was with me to mention, had sought counsel to give it up. She'd given up after these years had passed. Our eldest son was 17, and we had a young one. And they would be very glad when I was out of the place. They wanted me out of the way because I was interfering with their way of life. They couldn't live naturally. My boss was all done with me, and I was all done with myself. No health, no sanity, no money, no nothing. That was the way it was with me. But for some reason or another, the important thing in my mind was sobriety. I didn't come here to find God. I didn't come here to find answers to these other problems. I came here for sobriety. I started doing the things this book suggests for one thing, sobriety, just sobriety. And by the time I woke up to the fact that I was sober, I'd gotten used to trying to live according to these principles one day at a time, and I found it good. And I've been doing it ever since because I find it good.
And that was check C. First recording. More recordings are coming up on him. I believe God wants us to hear it. That was his first recording in 53. Awesome. Thank you for listening. Rock on. <laughs>